that you would speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you're probably not going to need your Bible too much this morning. The scriptures that I'll be referring to, I'll probably quote. The title of this message, Communion with God, Hearing God's Voice. And I'd like to start as a way of introduction and say that God really does want to communicate with you. God wants to communicate with you. He wants to communicate with me. That's why He originally created Adam and Eve, to have communion with them. That's why God walked with Enoch, or Enoch walked with God, because Enoch experienced communion with God, but it was because God initiated communion with him. This is why Abraham was called the friend of God. Why? Because God wanted to have a friend. God wanted to have communion with somebody. He wanted to communicate with His creation that He had made in His own image. Another, another example is Moses. Moses spoke to God face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Why did this happen? Because God loves to communicate with His people. And I'm just thinking of a time where I really needed to hear God's voice. I really needed to hear communication from the Lord. And it was uh, quite a few years ago, it was about a year or 18 months after my dad went to be with the Lord. It was about 97, 98, somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, 98, somewhere around there. In any case, so what happened was I was a congregational pastor at Hatfield at that point in time. And next thing, quite out of the blue, a pastor here from the city of Pretoria made contact with me. And he said, John, I am going to, I would like to hand over my church to you. And I would like you to take over the church. This is what I feel in my heart. And so, would you prayerfully consider this? Now, that, that's quite something, you know. Like, you really need to know if, if this is God's plan or if this is not God's plan. And so I, I began to do my homework. It uh, was an Afrikaans church in the city. I went and checked out the place, checked out the facilities. Beautiful 650-seater auditorium, lovely grounds. I checked into how's the church been managed? Is there debt? Where are things at? Uh, what's the leadership structure? I started doing my homework uh, also, uh, then went and met with the board of the church, the committee of the church. And I said, listen, if I am to come here, this is my agenda. I'm not hiding anything. This is the way I plan to do things. This is the way I plan to run the church. Now, the senior pastor had extended this call. Uh, his board had not yet uh, given their go-ahead, and so that's why I was meeting with the board. And also... I called family and friends around me to begin to pray. I called two spiritual fathers. So there was about 10 of us that began to pray and seek the Lord's guidance, saying, God, is it your will that I must leave where I am and go to this other church? And we had a week or two of waiting on God. Then we came back together. We all sat in my mom's lounge, and we shared what the Lord had spoken. And the result was, the Lord said, I need to go. And I need to take up 
this offer that has been made. My goodness. And God gave scriptural confirmations and, and it was clear that the voice of the Lord was leading to take this opportunity. So, I then gave my answer to the leader of the church, the senior pastor, and about two or three weeks later, I heard that the door had closed, that the committee would not back the senior pastor. I think one of their major concerns was, it was a roinek. And they thought that this church could potentially become a little bit more English in the time to come. And I don't think they really liked it. Or maybe there was other reasons. I don't know. And I remember the one guy on the board, he said, he said, John, here, we don't count the sheep. We weigh the sheep. (laughs) I thought, okay, interesting. But anyhow, they, they said no. So, but now, God, but you said yes. And they said no. What was I to do? How was I to understand that? Have you ever been in a situation like that where you feel you've heard from God, and, but when you analyze it, it doesn't kind of make sense in, in the practical reality? And you know what? Later on, the Lord said to me, this was a testing of your heart, like Abraham laid Isaac on the altar. Were you prepared to leave the church which was your father's church for so many years, and lay your Isaac on the altar and praise the Lord by His grace, I passed that test. And that door never opened. I never did go. I preached once in that church, but that was, that was about it. I never took up that call, but I know that it was God's voice that we all heard as a group. And I know that it was a test that God wanted me to pass. But you know, as I think of what God has done more recently in Choose Life, in this body, I'm very grateful to the Lord that He closed the door. Because I believe that the privilege of walking in what's taking place right now is far greater than possibly what would have been experienced there. And so, in terms of hearing God's voice, it's important that we realize He wants to communicate with us. Number one of five aspects that we want to touch on. Number one, God communicates with us in different ways. A couple of ways that He speaks to us. God speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Another way God speaks to us is through a still, small voice. This is one that I I like to emphasize because the Lord does this a lot. He speaks through a still, small voice within your own heart and spirit. In 1 Kings 19, verse 11 to 13, uh, it speaks of God revealing Himself through a still, small voice, not through the wind or the fire or the earthquake although those were impressive things that were happening round about the servant of the Lord right there. And you would have thought that, well, God was in that and, and God wasn't in the fire. And then God wasn't in the wind and then God wasn't in the earthquake, but He was in the still, small voice. This is one of the ways God speaks to us. 
God speaks through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of the gifts in particular where there's a speaking taking place is through tongues and the interpreting of tongues. God speaks through a word of wisdom, through a word of knowledge. God speaks through the discerning of spirits. And also under the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us through prophecy. I remember one day I was at a car wash, uh, having my car cleaned and so on, and a man that came up uh, also to have his car wash, I recognized this man, and he had a prophetic ministry, and I'd known him since I was a little guy, and I used to actually mimic him, and he would shake his shoulders like this and talk about Jesus and God, you know, and as a little kid, I can remember we had tea with, our family went to have tea with him, and then my dad said, come on, Johnny, show him how you do it, and I did the whole thing, you know. The Lord says, I can remember in any case, so I bumped into this prophetic man. Some of you might know him. And we, we just got chatting and, and, hi, how are you doing? What's happening? And this and that. And I told him, this was a few years ago, I told him about my mom, that my mom was going to be moving out of the big family house. And she had found a nice townhouse in Hosfontein. She was going to be moving in there and, and so on. And, and then we chatted a little bit further. And then he looked at me with this spooky kind of look. And he said to me, I see you are moving. So I, I said, I'm thinking to myself, wasn't he listening? My mom's going to be moving, you know? So I said, no, uh, I, I'm not moving. My mom's going to be moving house. He said again, I see you're going to be moving. And it got a little bit more spooky. And I said, what do you mean, moving house? And he said, not only house ministry. <laughs> Say it again, Mufasa. <laughs> so, and, but you know what? It was actually a, a clear prophetic word. About four to six months later, we unexpectedly moved house totally unexpectedly, and sort of circumstances worked out that we had to do that. And then, a few years later, we did move ministry. God speaks through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of them being prophecy. God speaks to us through dreams and through visions. Now, how many of you can remember what you dreamt last night? How many of you had pizza before? <laughs> Now, oftentimes we get these crazy dreams, we get pizza dreams or whatever you want to call it. Uh, sometimes I wake up and I'm thinking, this is nuts. How does this work? And maybe it's just our body's way of getting rid of some of the nonsense and all the things that go through our minds and so on. But I remember one morning a few years ago, Mandri and I were away on a few days leave. We were in the bush. We were having a relaxing time. And by the way, that's oftentimes where dreams become more apparent to you because you're not waking up with an alarm clock. You're waking up more gradually, or maybe you're sleeping a little bit more, you're more relaxed. And so oftentimes that's when you become more aware of dreams. Now, sometimes our dreams are a lot of nonsense, but sometimes, usually when it's close to the time that you wake up, there is sometimes great significance in our dreams. And I dreamt that I was in like a 
camp meeting of like yesteryear. It looked like one of these 1940 revival camp meetings and so on. And, and my dad was preaching. We were in a big white tent. My dad was preaching. And then he would preach a little bit. And he would hand over to me. And I would preach. And then, and then he would preach a bit more. And I would preach. And I remember I, I woke up and this dream was vivid in my mind. And initially when I woke up, uh, it, it wasn't in my mind. And then a few seconds later, I realized, ah, I just dreamt this. And suddenly I felt the voice of the Lord saying to me, I have called you to preach. He said it again. I have called you to preach. And he said, I have anointed you to preach. Now preach. That's what the Lord said. But God spoke to me through that dream. And I remember telling Mandria, I was telling it to her with excitement because it was vivid, it was real. God had spoken to me through this dream. We must open ourselves to any way in which God wants to speak to us. God also speaks to us through other people. This is perhaps more common than we realize. God speaks to us through angels. I don't know if you've been spoken to by an angel. I, I can't say that I have. But it's certainly based on Scripture, it does happen. And I remember that program, Touched by an Angel. Some people thought it was weird and new age and so on. But uh, I remember chatting to Bruce Marciano, who played Jesus in Matthew, the visual Bible. And he knew the people that were producing that program. They were lovely, born-again believers. And it was a program in, in which God's messengers were influencing people's lives for good. God can speak to you through angels. God speaks to us through circumstances. I'm just thinking of the early church in Jerusalem. They were there in Jerusalem, and then persecution came, and they were driven out of Jerusalem. And it might have seemed like a bad thing, a wrong thing. Why is this happening? Why is there persecution? But actually, it was something that God wanted to happen so that the gospel would not just stay in Jerusalem but would be spread throughout Judea, Sumeria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Sometimes, through circumstances, God is speaking. He's saying, I want this gospel to go further. Sometimes you might hit such a dead end in your job, and it just feels like you've passed your expiry date. Yeah. And God can speak through those circumstances. So number one, God communicates with us in different ways. Number two, when God speaks through His Word, there are two main ways in which this happens. Logos or Rhema. Now, I want to just say this firstly, that the Bible, God's Word, will always remain the fundamental way through which God has communicated to us and will continue to communicate with us. It's a fundamental way. If you read the story of how the scriptures actually came about and, and see how God actually wove things together, we'll have tremendous appreciation for the scriptures, the word of God. This remains a fundamental way that God communicates to us. But the Logos, what is Logos? Logos is the written word of God. In other words, actually the letters on the page that you can actually read and it provides you with information. It provides you with kind of a guideline to life, a guideline to conduct, a guideline to doctrine. And God speaks to us through His Word by way of information. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So, God speaks through the actual letters written on these pages. But then, also through God's Word, God speaks in the way of rhema. Rhema speaks of spoken word. Now, when this happens, you can be reading the Word in the normal Logos way, Logos, Logos way, and you're reading it, but as you read it, it's like a phrase or a verse jumps out at you, it comes alive, and it stirs something in your heart. And it's as though God Himself, through the Scripture, has just spoken those couple of words into your heart. This is an exciting way of hearing God speak. Have you ever been in a situation like that where, where you're reading and it's like, wow, God just spoke to me through that. God just said to me this. He said, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And it's not a sense of it's just like a, a history book that you're reading, but God actually speaks the word to you. He illuminates it to you. He inspires the word and speaks it into your heart. So rhema is when the verse suddenly comes alive to you while reading. It's as if God has just spoken to you personally. And perhaps this is one of the most common ways in which we hear the voice of the Lord. Rhema. <laughs> By the way, when I was a kid, about nine or ten years old, this word rhema used to puzzle me because I knew of Ray Macaulay and Rhema, the Bible church. And I thought, yeah, this is so cool that he can name the church after himself, Rhema, Ray Macaulay. And I thought, my dad must get with it. He must call his church Ed Ray, Ed Ray, you know? <laughs> and only later on I discovered, no, it's, it's actually another word. So number two, when God speaks through his word, there are two main ways Logos and Rhema. <laughs> Number three, there are critical points in our lives when hearing God's clear voice is especially crucial. Some examples of such critical points can be if you are considering relocating to another city or maybe relocating to another country. Man, oh man, you've got to make sure you hear the voice of the Lord and you know God's leading in that. Another one is deciding on a job offer or deciding if you're going to change your career. A very important critical life decision is the choice of a life's partner. That is so, so crucial. I tell you, you can end up marrying the wrong person and it's, it's, it's against the will of God and against the conviction of your heart, but you just do it anyway, and you can end up sabotaging the destiny of God and your life. You have to choose so carefully. And by the way, I believe that parents are always anointed to advise. Even if somebody, even if you're here and you're older than 21, you haven't yet gotten married, take note of what your dad or your mom might say regarding a future spouse. Because many times parents have warned a child and the child says, I couldn't care. We're in love. We're all shook up. We're in love. Man. 
Relax. And but the thing is, you also have to listen to the wise counsel of your parents. But in terms of a life's partner, how crucial is it to hear God? How crucial is it to have the voice of the Lord? My dad, before getting married to my mom, he was seeking the Lord's will and saying, Lord, should I marry Pell or not? And the Lord gave my dad a scripture which says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now, my mom's real name is not Pell, although she was my dad's best pal. My mom's real name is Eleanor, which means light, or it means brightness. And so the Lord gave my dad the scripture, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And that clinched it for my dad. He knew that she was the right person that he was to marry. In these critical points in our lives, we've got to hear the voice of the Lord. I remember a bunch of years ago, I received a call to go and become a youth pastor in King Williamstown, in a church in King Williamstown. And I had just come out of Bible college. I was very excited about this, to be extended a call. It's quite an honor. It's a privilege. And and, uh, I... (sighs) started to uh, think of how it could be and maybe is God sending me back down kind of to where my roots are, where my dad came from close to East London and somehow you start to tie things up and think, well, it could be significant. And, And then I waited on God and God gave me the following scripture which said, shepherd the flock which is among you. God had spoken to me. God had said, no, 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 don't go elsewhere but shepherd the flock which is among you. And I'm so glad that God spoke and that I heard His voice because it saved me from future heartache because not too long after that, that church began to suffer tremendously. Eventually they had to let some of their staff go and pastors go and and financially it ended up being in a really bad way and went through tremendous challenges. And sometimes when we hear the voice of the Lord and it's no, we've got to be grateful knowing that God knows what lies ahead. And so praise the Lord. It's important that we seek God's will when making major decisions. You know why? Because your life is not your own. You are bought with a price. That's number three. There are critical points in our lives when hearing God's voice is especially crucial. Now, number four of five points, a very important one. How do we practically hear the voice of God? This is very, very important. How do we practically hear the voice of God? Well, first thing we need to realize is that not all the thoughts that occur in our mind are our own thoughts. It's very important that we realize this as a first step. Not all the thoughts that occur in your mind are your own thoughts. We know from Scripture that Satan is able to place thoughts in your mind. This is what he did to Jesus when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness in Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11. This is also what took place in John 13, 27, 
Satan placed the thought in Judas Iscariot's mind to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew the moment when it would happen, and he saw it happen. He saw Judas's countenance change, and then he said to Judas, what you must do, do quickly. Another example, a very, very good one, is where Satan placed the thought in Ananias and, 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 Ananias and Sapphira's heart to lie to the Holy Spirit about their offering. And it says in Acts 5 verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why has, listen, Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? So the reality is, the enemy can put thoughts in our minds. And if we realize that, it might help us to be more vigilant to when the lies and the temptation and the nonsense come. Say, ha, Satan, that's you. Get behind me in Jesus' name. Also, God is able to place thoughts in our minds. It says, in, based on Matthew 10, verse 19 to 20, where God says that he will give us the words to speak when we face our accusers. In other words, the Lord undertakes to place thoughts within us and that we will then speak what he wants us to speak. God certainly is able to place thoughts in your mind. And then also, there's our own thoughts which we generate. So there's three sources. God's thoughts, the enemy's thoughts, and thoughts from ourselves. If we can learn to discern which is which, then we will be able to hear God far more clearly. How do you discern between these three voices? Well, the voice of Satan is always in line with his character. The voice of Satan will always be an accusing voice. It'll be a voice that's fighting with you. It'll be a voice that's lying to you. A voice that destroys. It'll be a voice that condemns you makes you feel bad and miserable, like you can amount to nothing. It's a voice that lashes out at you. It's a voice that attacks you. The devil never comes to give life, but he comes to destroy. He comes to break you down. That's how you discern the enemy's voice. How do you know your own thoughts? Well, usually your own thoughts are analytical. Your own thoughts are cognitive. You think, well, I must go there, and while I'm there, I must remember just to stop in and pick up a prepaid phone voucher for my phone, and there's logic, and it connects to one, to the next, to the next, and there's cognitive processes involved, and it's, it's like ordinary thoughts. I, I must put on my shoes, I must tie my laces. Those are the kind of thoughts in our own mind, but the voice of God is sensed as a spontaneous Now, this doesn't mean that all spontaneous thoughts are God's thoughts, but most often God will speak in a spontaneous thought. In other words, it won't be, okay, this, think of that, think of that, think of that, think of that, but somehow as you're busy, this, think of that, think of that, God just cuts across with a thought. It's a spontaneous thought. And Mark Verkler, man who wrote a book on communion with God, he describes the voice of God as follows. And you might want to write this down. God's voice is sensed as a spontaneous idea appearing in the mind. With the emphasis being on spontaneous. Let me say that again. God's voice 
is a spontaneous idea appearing in the mind. Something that I discovered in my dad's writings, very interesting. He says this, Do you remember a time, perhaps you were driving along, when suddenly someone's name popped into your mind, and you just knew you were supposed to pray for them? You hadn't been thinking about that person at the time. The thought just came out of nowhere. This is the voice of God, a chance idea that intersects your mind, not flowing from the normal meditative process, but simply appearing in your heart. This is God's voice, an idea from God lighting upon your heart and being registered in your mind as a spontaneous thought. To me, this makes it real understandable. This makes it real practical. And so, if we are wanting to discern which are the thoughts from God, most often they will be the spontaneous thoughts that just pop up into your mind. You weren't necessarily thinking along that whole long train of thought, but this just popped into your mind. And you suddenly thought, I must pray for this person. Or you suddenly thought, I haven't got home insurance in place. Maybe the Lord is saying I need to get this in place. Things like that. So, those are some practical ways in which we hear the voice of the Lord. Lastly, number five, and this is quite brief. Some telltale signs of knowing if you've just heard God speak. And I really like this. God's voice is usually gentle. In fact, if you're not careful, you'll miss it. Because sometimes our own thoughts are quite loud and, and God's voice just pops in gently. And we can easily override it and take no notice of it. But God's voice just pops in there. And if we'll attend to it, if we'll become attentive to it, we'll hear the voice of the Lord. God is not going to shout above the noise and try to get your attention. <laughs> Most of the time he won't do that. But he'll just pop that thought in there. And then you'll know this is the way it needs to be, that gentle thought. Another telltale sign of knowing if you've just heard God's voice, listen to this. God's voice often has unusual content. In other words, it is better or different from our thoughts. The Bible says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, God's voice is wiser. It's more merciful. It's more discerning. And it's more concerned with our motives. And I've often been in a situation where I sense God saying something, and I realize I couldn't generate that myself. I'm not clever enough. <laughs> I'm not clever enough. I'm not wise enough to have thought of that. And then you know God has spoken to you. Two more is that God's voice often causes a spiritual reaction within us. Sometimes you've been waiting on God and you've heard God say something to you and something has happened, your spirit gets excited. You suddenly get excited. And sometimes it's not excitement, sometimes it's maybe, it's maybe conviction or, or faith or a sense of awe, or humility that comes in your heart. But oftentimes, as God speaks to you, 
There's a bubbling. There's an excitement. And I, I can testify this time and time again. This has happened to me. And I get excited. I'm like, okay, God's spoken. All right, what's next, Lord? <laughs> God has spoken. Sometimes there's that excitement that comes. And another telltale sign of knowing if you've just heard God speak is God's voice carries with it the strength to do what He has spoken. Maybe you could also say God's voice carries with it the faith to act on what He has said. You know that if God speaks something to you, great confidence begins to come into your spirit. And you say, okay, God, I can do this. God, I can step out and take this step of faith. And so it's wonderful to know that there are some of these signs that we can test and we can see, well, when God spoke, well, did I maybe sense an excitement with me, within me? Or, or did it generate a sense of faith within me to do it? Or was there a spiritual reaction? Was it superior to my own thoughts? Or was it gentle? These are ways in which we can know whether we sense in the voice of the Lord. And so I want to say to you, Sir, ma'am, you're a child of the Most High God. Tune in your spiritual antenna. Don't be lazy just to mull around in your own thoughts and in your own mind. But I want to challenge you. You tune into the Spirit of God. He will speak to you. You take a few moments to wait on God. He will speak to you. My sheep, hear my voice. God wants us to have communion with Him. He wants us to hear His voice. Let's pray.